Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Focus's SLS conference is the real deal. Whether you attended the conference last week or haven't even heard about it, we'll give you an inside look at one of the biggest Catholic conferences of the year. On the podcast today, we discuss eight of our highlights from SLS. Plus, we're going to share a saint quote from the most joyful saints of all time, and we sneak in a Catholic hack to help you start off the new year right. You won't want to miss it. So stay right here. Twelve days later, and we are back home. We're back. Close scene. In scene. In scene. I don't know. You could say either, I guess. I was never in improv or theater, really. I was in an eighth grade play. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. I was a poppy seed. Wow. No, flower. Ooh. Not a scene. <laughs> Those I was go like, on muffins. Flower seed? I nope. don't know what that is. Nope. Wizard of Oz. Somehow they make characters out of the flowers. Anyways, we were gone for Christmas and SLS, which is the topic of our podcast today. That's right. SLS. A little recap for you. A little highlight reel, if Be- you will, of what just went down in case you weren't following on Facebook Live with many and i will it's kind of like behind the scenes Mm -hmm. an in-depth look Mm -hmm. what you missed or even if you're there Mm -hmm. just to help you with your experience experience through our lenses yeah (laughs) it's gonna be good okay so before we dive in here um maybe we should explain sls great which doesn't stand for anything well technically okay let's talk about that so okay started in 2012 and it's a focus conference and originally it stood for student leadership summit so basically it was a chance for us to gather together our student leaders on campus those who lead bible studies and disciple other students on campus and to get them together as a training event so that you can really build them up in their leadership and so we've done that um, in 2012 and 2014 and 2016 and in between each one of those we've had a seek then this year 2018 we had SLS, but we didn't call it SLS because... But you did call it SLS. You we didn't, didn't call it the student... We didn't call it the Student Leadership Summit. That's <laughs> We called it SLS, but not Student Leadership Summit because we invited lots of parishioners. So, so it was the like somebody leadership summit. I like Servant Leadership Summit, but oh. nothing got approved officially. And uh, it was just SLS. It was great. Yes. So it was a training. So it's not like your typical conference. So you're, yes, you're listening to talks, but then there were also what they called power sessions in the afternoon yeah. where people were teaching people to teach. Yeah. So it's crazy. So you're learning practically how to do different things with evangelization and discipleship. So somebody might practically teach you how to lead a Bible study or practically teach you how to invite someone else in a mission. But you didn't, you didn't just learn those things. You turned around an hour later and you taught those things to someone else so that when you went back to campus or your parish, you just didn't know that they existed. You actually knew how to do it and to pass it on, which is really cool. That doesn't happen very often, uh, really, at many conferences. No. And so of the 8,000 participants, there were 800 small groups. Yeah. Which is insane to coordinate, 
I can't believe you guys pulled that off. That's a lot of small groups. But super powerful. Yep. In fact, today, so today, a little shout out to The Crunch. I listened to their SLS recap today. <laughs> Gross. Don't do things like that. I don't think that's what The Crunch means. They're like like Cereal Crunch. Haven't you seen their logo? Was What was the difference between Cereal Crunch and the noise I made? You said it would sound like crunching on Legos. Do you want to? Wait, why don't you do it? No. <laughs> I will not. I don't know how. I tried so hard. Yes. You're listening to The Crunch. You're saying... They, from a student perspective, had a fantastic recap and said that it was their favorite conference. Like of all time? I think that's what they said. I'm pretty sure. That's the way I heard it. They said it was definitely better, a better experience than Seek. And I think a big part of that was the small group aspect, just mm-hmm. in listening to it. I don't know. You can listen for yourself. On the crunch. On the crunch. It's great. And see what they had to say. Yeah. So anyways, if you want a student perspective, go pick it up. They're great. Okay. So we put together. Don't laugh at me. We put together a top eight list for y'all. But before we got to that list, you were supposed to ask me a question. I didn't. I'm looking at the thing. I, I wasn't done. Okay. Before we dive into our top eight list, that's what my, my show notes tell me to say. Kevin, I'd like to know. <laughs> this is so natural. <laughs> Seamless and flawless transitions. Oh, who was on? A, who was in the car for ten hours yesterday? We were. We were. With three small children. That's right. Which is why the podcast is going up late tonight instead of first thing in the morning, like it usually does. How was your conference? This Lisa, is what thank I want to ask you so you, much Kevin. for asking. It's really just, personal, off the top of my head. I just question. knew. It's just from the deep bottom of your heart. It was really good. Uh, I had a great conference. I think from my perspective, conference is often a blur. So I'm not always experiencing what's going on. I'm more worried about, all right, are we doing what we need to get done? And so I sit on the privilege, really cool privilege to sit on the planning team, the programming team with about, I don't know, six of us that help plan all of our events from a, a content or a program perspective. And so anything from... When does everything happen to uh, what, what are we trying to achieve with each session to who speaks in those sessions uh, that resides uh, with that team. And so as the conference is going along, we're thinking through that, but then also taking a role in whether, whatever it's the orientation for how these events play out, um, the training Which sessions. You did the orientation for everybody. Yeah, I did the orientation or like the training sessions. I had prepped all the teachers to give those training sessions for the power sessions. Um, I had five some type of speaking engagements during the conference, which is a lot. So it's more of a, it was more of a blur for me of like, all right, I just need to get these things accomplished, which is different than going. Yeah. It's a little bit different than like going to a conference and being like, all right, how's my experience? So yeah, that's how my conference was. How was your conference, Lisa? Yeah. My conference was funny because it was the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. I had zero jobs to do at conference really. Yeah. Which was an interesting thing for me. In fact, we even debated about whether or not I should go because I didn't really have a job. And I mean, I kind of did and I kind of didn't. We had done a training for some of the speakers who aren't Mm -hmm. necessarily full-time speakers, but um, live out the principles we were teaching really well in their lives, whether that be on campus or in parishes. And so we wanted to train them. And so I was there to watch and support those who we had done the training with. Um, it was a three day intensive training and it was awesome. It was so fun to see them come alive. So that was 
that was phenomenal to get to be there for and to watch people improve and grow as speakers and to be able to pass on some principles to them that we've learned from trainings that we've done in public speaking. So that was really cool, but I didn't speak. And so I knew this was going to happen. I got asked at least probably 95.4 times Mm -hmm. either. So when are you speaking or why aren't you speaking? (laughs) So that was always a fun question to navigate. Um, and, And the answer is I just, there wasn't, um, there wasn't a spot for me. Um, and I thought that I would be, um, like super awkward or sad, but I had a really crazy fall and mm-hmm. leading up to it, I kept saying over Christmas break, I'm so glad I'm not speaking at SLS Yeah, <laughs> just because I really needed a break. So God knew, and I'm grateful for that. So I, I, I think I, I, it wasn't as weird as I thought it was going to be. And I, I could happily be like, uh, zero. That's, that's what I'm speaking on. Nothing. I have no talks and it actually was a blessing. Um, I will be speaking at seek 2019 though. Yep. So that's already on my calendar already booked for. So, so that I think was also helpful too, knowing that focus wasn't just like, uh, Lisa, we don't like you anymore, but it was just, Hey, let's not have Lisa speak and, but we'll have her at the next one. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. And they're different events and that calls sometimes for different types of speakers as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I was like more in a support role um, and just watching and observing and got to see you speak five times. So, yeah, you know, that was sweet. Yeah. That's good. That's great. So we want to go over just our highlights. That was kind of our general thoughts on how the conference went, but we have some specific highlights we want to share of our experience with conference. And Lisa, if you want to go first. Yes, and these are kind of in no particular order, but number one was seeing family and friends. I have a couple of, my godmother lives in Chicago, as well as a couple of my cousins, so I was able to make time to hang out with them, Mm -hmm. Sarah and Connor and Aunt Sandy and little Luke, my cousin Sarah's baby, and so that was really fun to get to spend time with them and reminisce and catch up, but the amount of our friends that were there from, like, like from college, former focus missionaries, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I could not believe how many of our focus alumni and friends were there. And that was just amazing. Every corner you turned, friends were there. You hadn't seen like five, six, seven, eight, nine years sometimes. Yeah. And um, they were there. A lot of our focus staff, our um, retired staff, came back to lead the small groups because we had 800 small groups. We needed 800 leaders. And particularly with, with what we called the lifelong mission track for those in parishes, that was mostly focused alumni that were leading those. Yeah. So it was just incredible to get to catch up with so many people all at once. In fact, we snuck into like the alumni lunch one time just because we wanted to go see all our friends. Yeah. We knew they'd all be in one spot. And that was just Huge, huge gift. Yeah, and so many people that I went to school with at Benedictine. I mean, that's a, a long time ago, but I just felt like half the alumni, that's an exaggeration. We're like Benedictine College for folks when we were there. It was just crazy. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was really great. So grateful for that. That's a really unique thing to get to have that kind of a reunion. Absolutely. That'd be our first one. Yeah. Want to give them number two, Kev? Yeah. Number two is time without kids. I mean, just, uh, I mean, people were like, so where are the kids? And we're like, they're not here. And they're like, they're not here at all. And we're like, no. All right. And so amazing for my parents to watch our kids for that haul of six days. Uh, that's a good chunk of time. So generous of them. Yeah. And just, yeah, so awesome. And just uh, for Lisa and I to get that time together, obviously a lot going on with the conference itself, but just to be able to connect with one another, build up our relationship. That's just so important in marriage. And we try to take those moments and those times and those trips. Um, 
but it's just nice when everything works out and you can really, yeah, do that. So I like my wife. What can I say? I agree. That was definitely a gift to be able to kind of have some one-on-one time where we could sneak it in or, you know, even just at like in the mornings to be able to sleep in a little bit and not Mm -hmm. have to have somebody else wake us up. Cause we've brought our kids to conference before, which is amazing and they love it and it's great, but it definitely adds another dynamic of intensity to the whole process. So knowing how much Kevin had to do, it was, I think the right call. Yeah. So that was great. Awesome. Lisa, number three, number three. So, Highlight, big highlight for me, and I don't know quite how to say this distinctly, but it was watching the light bulb go off. Hmm. So I think for a lot of people, um, the conference made evangelization seem and sharing the faith seem not as something that was big and complicated and scary, but it was laid out in a way where it was like, oh, I can do that. Like, I can share the gospel in that way. I can reach out to my family, to my friends and my neighbors. When you put it that way it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, I love how I think a lot of times when we talk about evangelization or when we talk about, um, discipleship and being disciples and making disciples, um, we can, or spreading the faith. We can do one of two things. One, we can make it really simple and it's like, Oh, it's just smiling at the people at the grocery store. And you're like, okay, that's, that's good. But like, they're not going to necessarily like come to know Jesus because you smile at them, even though that is sharing the light of Christ. Or we make it so complicated that it's like, well, that's only for somebody who's a full-time missionary and who's, you know, a Jesuit who's had 95 years of education and um, I can't ever do that. Mm-hmm. And there was just this great balance between, you no, know, let's get really practical. You actually have to have some skills and some training to do this effectively, looking at best practices. And it's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. Like really anybody can be an evangelizer and that doesn't mean you have a bullhorn that doesn't mean that you're making people feel guilty or judging people but there's a way to witness your life in a way that's contagious and in a way that's winning people to christ because we love them and we want them to have a relationship with jesus because we know that it is the most powerful thing that we have in our lives yeah, and I think, I mean, that obviously makes me feel great from the programming side because that's what we want is, it's one of my just personal goals in life is just to make evangelization very practical and normal and doable, you know? And um, I think one thing that was that we added more of this year was the inspirational piece. So just the keynotes and even the inspirational concurrence in the morning, we just did more of that to a sense of, we're not just going to teach you how to evangelize, we're going to give you the why behind it so that you are energized and you're rejuvenated. And so then you want to go out and share what you've learned and be able to do it in that way. So I think that was uh, great to see that, that powerful combination of inspiration and equipping. And it worked. Hooray. Yeah. Just listen, Ethan and, and Pat, they'll explain it to you on the crunch. Nice. It worked. Number four, your turn, Kevin. Tag. I'm it. Number four, as far as highlights, and this is out of eight, by the way, I don't think we ever told you that. You might have thought you were just on a train. Yes, we did. We did? I told them that. Oh, well, I didn't, and I announced it. You were too it. busy correcting me because you thought I skipped you, that you didn't hear the number eight. You didn't skip me? I thought you skipped me. You thought I skipped at the beginning. Number four was my <laughs> concurrent talk. So a concurrent talk is basically we had three different tracks in the morning. One was to our campus ministers and those who do campus ministry. The next one was to our 
um, lifelong mission track. So either our alumni or those in the parish. And then the third one was to our students. We had about 6,000 students there. And so, um, you know, a few months ago I was told, hey, you're going to give the concurrent talk on day three to all the students to six, you know, what would have been four or five or 6,000 students. We didn't know it at the time. It was like, oh, great. Well, that's the largest audience I've ever spoken to in my life. So, and so I think the experience of that was just, um, you know, a lot of planning and practice and preparation over the last few months for that talk. And, and also not just that talk, but I think just in general over the last few years, just really trying, I'd say the last 18, 24 months, really trying to get better at public speaking and raise my game in that area. And so I felt like the current, current talk was kind of like a, kind of a final exam. Obviously I'm still working on it, trying to get better, but it was like one of those big exams where it's all this work. Um, obviously we've been teaching, as Lisa mentioned, other people how to speak as well, um, speak at new staff training and other areas. So I just felt like, all right, I know all these things. I put some of them into practice. Now it's time to put all these things together in one spot for the biggest talk I've ever given. And, um, the good news is I think it went really well. And so it was just cool to see the reaction of people, you know, put all that planning and process and you have all the nerves and all those things for weeks working on the talk and to finally give it, to feel good about the way it was given. And then to hear people's response, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's really neat. What he's not saying is that he crushed it. It was so good. Best talk I've ever heard Kevin give. And it was really exciting and fun to watch from the audience and just see people react and respond and um, laugh, but also like be internally challenged. I mean, it just, it was, it was so good. And you can watch it if you are like, oh, I'm sad I didn't get to see it. Well, it's on Facebook at the focus page. We'll put it in the show notes, but Facebook Live, we did all of the main stages and those concurrents were Mm -hmm. considered really a keynote um, because they were to the bulk of the conference. They're all on Facebook's Focus's Facebook page. So you can, we'll put the link in there. You can go back and watch it. Yeah. We've got Bishop Barron, Father Mike Schmitz, Sarah Swafford, Sister Beth Madonna, Dr. Sri, all sorts of people. It's, it's awesome. Yep. A lot of those are on Facebook live. So you can go check those out. All right. So now it's time for our saint quote it's to live by and this one today comes from saint philip neary and if you've never checked out saint philip neary before i would highly suggest looking up a biography of his life he's just an amazing man incredibly joyful he's the patron saint of rome um, and he really did a great a lot of great things to reform rome and the priest of his time but he says this he says be often reading the lives of saints for inspiration and instruction and when i think uh, about the beginning of the year and we talked about this on our last podcast, I think it's a lot of people uh, pick up books. They think, all right, how am I going to be, you know, new year, new year, new you? What book am I going to read to help me inform me? And I think uh, the saints and the lives of the saints are a great place to go to. And so you might be thinking, well, which saint, Kevin? Like, which saint should I go to? And I want to introduce, if you don't already know. This is like a Catholic hack right here. I know. We're just, we just can't get away from our old ways. But it's Jennifer Fulwiler's Saint of the Year. And basically, it's this, everyone. You can go to a website, and then it'll you'll have like a saint button, and you click it, and all of a sudden, it gives you a saint that you need to learn about and live by for that year. And you can take that in whatever way you want. It's not like there's some charter. Well, and people also use it to like choose a patron. So if you're going to, um, I don't know, patron of a new relationship or a new job or of a pilgrimage or something, you can you can go to the saint generator, and it'll... 
choose the patron for you I'm or the patron will choose you. Yeah, that's right. And I'm just laughing about the saint for your relationship because most of them were uh, religious. So it just seems funny to have someone who chose. Anyway, so also Jennifer Foyle this year introduced word of the year. So you can pick a word that also is supposed to be a guide for you this year. And so this is really cool saint of the year and word of the year. And I saw it and I was like, what if we put them together? And that was like your name of the year. So for me, I was St. Maurice, which I still need to learn about. And then my word of the year was so. So I was like, I guess my name is Maurice So for 2018. That's your pseudonym for yeah. 2018. And I put that and Jennifer retweeted it and put it on Instagram. And like it went crazy. And everybody put up like their name of the year. It was really fun. And it I was saw fun. Well, then they started putting like alter egos too, like describing who that person is, <laughs> like their personality. <laughs> He's a I private was- eye who during the day... Yes. Uh, is a monk and at night finds criminals. Exactly. That kind so of stuff. So I saw it at SLS and she was like, that was a really good idea. People really liked that. And I was like, great. It was fun. Sounds good. So you too can have a saint of the year, word of the year, and a name of a year. Name of the year. Yes. I'm Titus Restore. Mm, sounds good. Restore Titus. That sounds like a, a command of some sort. I feel like it's some type of... Uh, like a sink brand, Titus Restore. Ooh, yeah. So it definitely feels like a remodeling type thing. Mm-hmm. And Titus makes me think of like some strong buff dude. Yeah, or just metal. Metal, yeah. It's like Titan. Yeah. Well. Take that for what it is. That was our saint quote to live by with a subtle Catholic hack mixed in. But now, Lisa, it's time for number five. Cinco of our lineup here. Number five was a little surprise that we didn't, we, we did know you and I knew about, but only a couple hours before. I didn't know. You didn't know. You didn't tell me. Oh, I, I knew. Cool. Thanks. I was backstage when he was back there, but I'm, I just didn't want to be the weirdo. I'm just on the programming team. No big deal. <laughs> I think it was a last minute thing. Um, but we had a visitor at SLS that was not announced um, until the moment of. In fact, if you want to see it, it's I, it's on my um, Instagram account. Um, I can put a link to that. So Jesus. Jesus came, which he always comes, but this was a different kind of Jesus. It was a different Jesus. It was a different Jesus. A Jesus by the real name of Jim. Jim Caviezel showed up at our conference. It was legit. It was pretty legit, yes. So he's promoting a new book. Uh, not book a new movie on St. Paul that he's starring in. And so we show, you know, we talked about the movie, we showed the trailer. And then after the trailer, he walked onto the stage unannounced and everyone went wild. And it was kind of crazy because a long time ago when um, Jim played Jesus in the passion of Christ, Kevin and I had a, a similar experience that the audience had as students. We didn't know uh, that Jim Caviezel was going to be at our conference and they did the same kind of thing. They did a promo for the Passion of Christ, and all of a sudden, Jim walks on the stage. But they didn't just do a promo for Passion of Christ. We got to well, maybe they showed the promo, but after Jim spoke, we got to watch the Passion of the Christ before it came out in theaters later that night. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. That was absolutely crazy. The most powerful memory that I will ever have. I've been to sixteen focus conferences. Yeah, by far the most powerful memory I will ever have. But so he he gave. Um, it was it was funny because. Like, he hasn't changed. It was the exact same kind of tone. He's so serious when he speaks about the faith, but he's so passionate and powerful. And that's on Facebook Live. You can join the other, uh, like, 140K people who have 
watched it, it's on Focus's page. We'll put a link again. You can see his 15-minute address to us that was just um, very serious, but very like, do you understand you need to be a saint? Like, mm-hmm. very passionate about his Catholic faith, very passionate about our need to be saints in this world. Yeah, pretty tough to watch without being incredibly moved. Pretty yeah. much, it's like, you have to get goosebumps. It's not possible to watch that without getting goosebumps, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. So, your turn. Number six. Number six was after I finished my fifth talk, which was the biggest of concurrent, we went out to dinner. And we went out to dinner with your cousin. So we're like, hey, we're in Chicago. I just finished my talks. Your cousin's here. Let's celebrate. Like, let's have a really fun dinner. So we went and we got tapas which if you don't know, is a Spanish, so it was a Spanish, like Spain restaurant. And you serve tapas, you get all these little dishes with all these different types of food. It's really fun. It's like getting a bunch of appetizers, basically is what you're ordering. So it's like a, it's like a meal that's an experience, not mm-hmm. just a restaurant, like you're going for the experience too. Yeah, and as we're ordering, I'm like, we're gonna put up a pretty good bill here for what we're eating, but that's okay, we're celebrating. We don't have the kids here. This is just a great time, and so, we eventually asked for our, our check and it comes to the table and Alejandro, who is our, our waiter, he says something to this effect of paid for. And I couldn't quite understand him. And I thought he said the tip had been paid for or like the tip was included and we made like a joke about, yeah, I bet he charged us 18% without let, giving us a choice or something. And then we open up the bill and it says, thanks for all you do for focus. And then the people's last name. We're like, what? Someone paid for our bill for this really awesome dinner. It was incredible. It was. And we weren't even close to the conference. We'd like Ubered over to this place to meet my cousin. And we were so confused. We were like, how would somebody know that we're here? (laughs) And and Lisa has relatives with the same last name as these people. So we're like, how did your relatives know we were here? Like, we didn't tell them that we're coming. Like, how would they know? And then we finally figured it out. A couple tables over was this family and they had been going to the the Focus Conference and they saw us and just wanted to give them give us a token of their gratitude. Well they recognized you from the keynote that morning. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. So it was really it was really amazing. We were really blown away by that generosity. And just the way that God like provided for that meal, which we don't do that very often. We don't go yeah. to, usually we're at the restaurant, we're like, let's just get water and do you wanna split something or do you wanna you know, like <laughs> You know, like we ne- we got dessert. Like I never get dessert at a restaurant. Yeah, it ever. was it was like all out celebratory meal. Mm-hmm. Yep. We actually got drinks and dessert, and here they yeah picked it up. It was just beautiful. So praise God for that, and thank you to that family. Yeah, and we awesome. got to talk to them, have a good conversation with them for about ten minutes. It was just great. It was it really was. cool. It was very cool. Right, number seven. Number seven. Uh, number seven is okay. So. It was last year at Seek 2016. What year are we in? 2017. Thank you. I didn't do anything, but you're welcome. Yeah. I was thinking in my own brain. I was thanking myself that we launched our book, Dating Detox. And that um, at the time, you know, you you put a book out there and you're like, I hope this sticks. I hope it works. I hope it's of God. All of that. And so now being a year later, 
it was incredible to be at conference and to hear stories now and to mm-hmm. hear people say, I read Dating Detox. I did the detox. I passed it on to a friend who passed it on to a friend who passed it on to a friend. And, oh, here's the book with all these signatures in it. And, you know, I gave it to this person in their life, X, Y, Z, whatever it was. However, the Holy Spirit was able to work through the book. Um, we were able to hear those stories. And that mm-hmm. that was just incredible. It was so incredible to get to hear those stories and to see real life people that the book had touched. And we always say this with the book, and I mean it 100%. The book was a work of the Holy Spirit. I really take no credit for it. I read it to this day sometimes and think, did I really write that? Like, how Mm -hmm. is that possible? Mm -hmm. It seems so beyond me looking back at it um, and and us to put that together because Jesus was just we were called to it and, and and we put in a lot of work for it. And so to see that fruit in the flesh was a real gift um, and a, a gift from Jesus to, to allow us to see that. Mm-hmm. And I think when you write a book, I mean, obviously you want to sell books. That's a great thing. But what you, what we really care about is does that book change somebody's life and in a very meaningful and rich and deep way, you know, can people point to that book later on and say, yeah, that was that moment where I made that decision or, after I read that, I decided to change my life. And so to hear those stories, you're like, oh my goodness, like it's, you know, it's working. And we've heard stories throughout the year, but it was kind of an all all at once experience for people to just come up in, in gratitude or tell us their story. And yeah, just amazing. God, God working and moving and uh, just continue to, to pray for those folks and hope it continues to, to help people. Mm-hmm. Time for number eight, Kevin. Oh, Last man. one. It is the last one. Uh, we had the privilege of going to see. You got to tell the backstory first. I would love for you to tell that backstory. You want me to tell it? Okay. Right, that'd be great. So, over a year ago, yeah, there was this really big show called Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I realized some of you are like, Hamilton, what's that? And other users are like, Hamilton? <gasps> oh my gosh. Hamilton, right? So, we were able to get. Um, at cost tickets to Hamilton in New York. Face value. Face value, yes. Which which means that they weren't like $1,000 <laughs> t- yeah. tickets. Because that's what they are if you buy them off of like Ticketmaster, at least at the height of it. I think they've come yeah. down a little bit, but still pretty expensive. Still really expensive. At the time, that's what they were. Yeah. So we got these face value tickets and ended up, um, Kevin had to just guess on the day because we were able to get some pre-sale tickets, long story. And come time it was a really busy season for us and it just wasn't the right time for Kevin and I to leave our kids and to, um, it just wasn't coming together, getting a babysitter or anything like that. It just wasn't making sense. So we said, okay, it was right before Christmas. We said, let's go ahead and sell the tickets. So we sold the tickets for much more than we bought them for (laughs) much more, a lot more. Um, and we said, well, we'll use those funds to see Hamilton when it comes to Denver, which is coming like in a month or so. But then we thought, wait a minute, we're going to Chicago. We already have a babysitter. We are, yeah. And tickets in Chicago are probably going to be way less than they will be when it comes to Denver because it's, in it's Chicago such a much... short supply in Denver. Yeah. So. So Kevin, then at SLS, we, went and we saw Hamilton. And it was great. Hamilton was. is just an amazing story of Alexander Hamilton, who is the first uh, Secretary of the Treasury. And to make his, I, we just believe a lot in the power of story. Obviously, we've talked about it on the podcast. I give and talk. I give a talk at SLS on story, and so just uh, his story is a very powerful story of where he came from, and what he did, and what happened to him, and the legacy you live you leave in life. And um, 
it's a great way to reflect, reflect on your own life and where you're going. And, and overall, it's just really fun. It's told an amazing way. The music's really amazing. Uh, seeing it in person, the choreography is incredible. It's, it's an unbelievable production. It's just, it's, it's hard to believe that human beings can do that night after night after night. Cause it's, it's really something in, in person. By far the best live show I've ever seen. It was really incredible. Really, really incredible. So if you ever get the chance, I wouldn't suggest you pay a thousand dollars to go see it <laughs> for <Sure>. a ticket. <laughs> Certainly not what we did, but, um, it was just a really incredible thing to get to see live. It was really cool. Yep. So. Thank you, Jesus, for that little working it all out gift there, too. So, yeah, we just, I don't know. God was so good just the whole time, like just little blessings here and there. And yeah. so many graces and so much, um, so many blessings to get to see the fruit of, of work and um, to also get to uh, relax and, and, and to get to just soak in. And it was just a great SLS for us. Yeah, it was a heck of a trip. It was. Well... As we come to close here, we always have our how-to challenge. And so for this week, our how-to challenge is to watch Jim Caviezel's talk. Again, you can find that on the Focus Facebook page, but just an amazing talk. And to spend 15 minutes, uh, be a great way to just uh, engage with SLS, but also just get rejuvenated with, with your own faith and to see his passion. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yes, and we'll put a link in the show notes as well so you don't have to go. How many people Searching. have watched the talk so far? Uh, it was 100, like 140K. 140,000 people watched mm-hmm. it online. That's unbelievable. Yep. That's really cool. Yep. So there you have it, our SLS wrap up. Thanks so much for listening in today. So if you want to connect with us, our email is hello at made to magnify.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or at Lisa Ann Cotter and with no E. And as always, if you enjoy the show, please give it a rating on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions, and tell a friend. This always helps us get the word out about the How To Catholic podcast. Until next week, be saints. It's worth it.